Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I am the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And I'm the Venerable Pamela Rieger, uh, better known as Deacon Pam, and I am the Archdeacon for the Diocese, and I'm glad to be here. You have such a and great, you have a great honorific, Pam, the Venerable. <laughs> I've always loved well, that one. A Venerable. I guess I yeah. could say it more like, <laughs> <laughs> You said it great. I, lo- I love it. That's for archdeacons, correct? Yes. Venerable. Yeah. Love that. Um, thank you, Pam, for being on the podcast today. We're so excited to have you here uh, on this uh, week Leading up to October 18th, the gospel for proper 24, right? Man. Yes, sir. 24. We're getting up there. (laughs) Um, Middle of October now. Who would have thunk it? Um, And Pam, thank you so much again for being here. Would you just share with everybody a little bit about your ministry context? What, you know, what exactly you do as the, as an archdeacon? Um, (laughs) What is what kind of what kind of roles do you play in the diocese and, and what are you what is kind of the focus of your ministry? Well, I, I think I want to start where I was ordained yeah. about five years. It's soon to be five years next month uh, as a vocational deacon that under that is the foundation of everything that I do uh, for the diocese. Now, um, I was appointed as the archdeacon. Um, almost a year ago, and in 2019. <clears throat> and as an archdeacon, an archdeacon is the chief pastor for all the deacons mm-hmm. in the diocese. And I'm also responsible for their formation, mm-hmm. for all the deacons' formation, which mm-hmm. kind of dovetails into the other uh, assignment that the bishop gave me under the archdeacon umbrella, which is the, to be the rector for the school for ministry. Um which I, I'm going to kind of launch into that a little bit. I'm also the chaplain for the students at the uh, School for Ministry as well, which is also a very um, diaconal type of role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pastoring to them. I'm listening. I'm, I'm present with them uh, as they go through each week. And, um, and so I really enjoy that as well. Being the rector also is very interesting because right now we're going through a revisioning process for the School for Ministry. Um, we've been doing this for almost a year now, and uh, the, the, the School for Ministry has already undergone quite a few changes, um, and we're totally online, uh, and we probably will remain that way uh, even after the COVID uh, restrictions are lifted because we have many more students than we've ever had before. Um, We have today, uh, this year, this semester, we have about uh, 16 enrolled students. Most of them are enrolled for credit, and and most of them are pursuing some type of discernment for ordained ministry. The School for Ministry is going to be reorganizing and reformatting their classes 
We're going to be partnering with other um, schools, other seminaries for online classes and, and adding to the curriculum. And, and it's going to be so rich. It's already started to change. We, it, it's not going to look like the School for Ministry has looked like for the last six years. Mm-hmm. It's going to look very different. Uh, and we expect to have, we hope, to have everything ready to go by the fall semester 2021. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Pam, for that update. That's so cool. Everybody should keep an eye out for all those changes uh, rolling out over the next year or so for the School for Ministry in the Diocese of San Diego. And uh, would you also then share with us, um, as we move towards thinking about the gospel for today, where you saw God in this past week, either in your work um, with the diocese or outside of that? Well, um, I guess I could say, I think, I think we have to consciously be aware of where God is. And I'm a firm believer that um, everyone was created in his image. And so I, I remind myself of that when I'm with people that there's where God is. That's mm-hmm. what I see. And I see particularly when um, I also host a, a small little devotional meeting every day with St. Dunstan's on my own uh, Zoom um, account uh, where we do morning devotionals for individuals and families. And then we, we read whatever the Psalm is on the propers for the day. And then we read uh, the gospel or, or t- we're in the old Testament right now. And I watch how these people talk about their ministries and how it in- intertwines. Cause we have a little Bible study during that time, just like we would hear. And so they talk about uh, their ministries and all, they're all involved in some type of ministry and when they talk about it, I see the joy in their eyes, and I see how God is working through them with other people. Um, I see it when when I go to the grocery store, and I see, and I say a little word to the grocery checker because my mom was a grocery checker for twenty five years, mm-hmm. and I know how hard they work, and they look so tired, mm-hmm. and the people are just coming through one after another. And I'll just say, you know, thank you for what you do. And I want you to know my, I have a prayer group every morning and we pray for you, for your safety. And I see the look in their eyes and and I just, it just touches me that God is there. Right. And that's a great, that's a great transition to our discussion today about the gospel. Uh, And thank you, Pam, for sharing those uh, answers to those two questions at the top of the podcast here. Um. We are going to get into our gospel discussion for this week, proper leading the week leading up to proper 24, uh, October 18th. Um, we would also love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, stories from this week of faith discussion or reflection, we also love to hear where you saw God this week. Um, you can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website where you'll also find all the faith to go resources every week, www.myfaith2go.org. And you can also contact us through or follow us on Instagram at faith to go Right now, we're going to get into that gospel, um, Matthew 22, 15 to 22. Charlotte is going to read it, and then we are each going to take some time to share one uh, point that we hope you take into your week of faith discussion and reflection throughout the week. 
Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 to 22. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere, and teach the way of God in accordance with truth, and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a Daenerys. Then he said to them, Whose head is on this and whose title? They answered him, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. All right. Pretty pretty short this week. Seven verses. That's kind of nice. We've had some long uh, gospel readings this last few weeks. Um, so just for a little bit of context, really, you don't require very much at all, because uh, this reading is starts at verse 15 in chapter 22 last week's reading ended at verse 14 in chapter 22 so this is just literally the next thing that happens after last week's gospel uh, again jesus is in jerusalem here having this back and forth with the pharisees and the scribes and the elders and the chief priests in the temple that he's been interacting with all these really important uh jewish leaders of his tradition and having these back and forths telling parables and you know it's it's a pretty tense time right now because again this is not far from Jesus's ultimate arrest um after he celebrates the Passover meal with his disciples so um just know that tensions are high and uh we're in Jerusalem so that's the backdrop for this and uh Jesus is Jesus is here talking to these Pharisees who have brought along with them some Herodians. So those would be some followers or some people that worked for Herod, who was, you know, the regional kind of, um, he was, he was kind of like the regional, um, person in charge of that region of the, the Roman empire. And he was Jewish. So he was part of the faith tradition. Um, so Charlotte has the first point for today. I do. And David, I have to tell you that as you were giving the context, one of the things that I was thinking about while you were talking is that Jesus got asked a question and didn't answer it in a parable. We have had a lot of parables lately. He did answer it with another question, though. (laughs) Yes, we have talked about it and explored so many parables lately that this week, let's just talk about what Jesus said. Um, (laughs) So it feels good to me. That's true. But I want to start with what happened right at the very beginning of the gospel. And so the part that I want to highlight this week is what we hear at the beginning. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. And this word entrap was the one I think that pulled me in this week as I was thinking about it. Because we do know and we have heard all through this gospel, all through this journey, that they are testing and trying and trying to trick Jesus all the way through. And certainly entrapment is their ultimate goal. And then I started thinking about how I feel in those circumstances. And obviously, I'm not Jesus. 
But there are plenty of times where I have felt targeted, um, where I have felt as though someone is working against me, how I'm being lured into doing the wrong thing. And I love that in this gospel, Jesus responds sternly, but he also responds clearly um, to them, right? Like he calls them out for what they're doing in this situation because he knows what is happening. And there are times in which we experience things and we know what is happening and we can engage with them clearly. But there's also times when things are really murky and unclear. And there's also times where our, when our own hearts and minds are murky and unclear. And we may be perceiving things that aren't even there. And I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I've done that. Hmm. Um, yeah. I have certainly been in an experience in my life where what I think is going on, what I'm reading into going on, is my own personal vision of it and not necessarily the reality. And I think that part of what we're called to in the entire gospel message is living into the gospel with each other and trying to really explore what is the deep and the true meaning of what is happening in the world and in our own lives. Mm -hmm. And if you see it clearly, then you need to name it. There are situations that are going on that we can clearly see what is happening and we need to name those things. But if not, instead of jumping to a conclusion, instead of responding in anger or in fear, or anger that is caused by fear, <laughs> certainly that happens sometimes, then maybe we're called instead to pause, um, to research further, to ask a question, to give someone the benefit of the doubt, to try to inform how we respond to the situation with a broader view, instead of with our own blinders on, our own view of the world, of what is happening around us, and make a snap decision. And I kept thinking that when I saw this word entrapped, not because that's what was happening to Jesus, because Jesus was fully being entrapped, but because sometimes what we take away from the gospel or what I take away from the gospel is how I can lean into it in my own life. And for me, this word calls me to analyze the times where what I'm experiencing is true and then the times in which I need to search for my own clarity because I'm bringing something else to the conversation that wasn't there to start with. Mm -hmm. I really like what you said, Charlotte. I think I was thinking while you were talking about it, when you said, um, maybe ask a question. Um, and, you know, if, if Jesus had responded in anger and fear and lashed out at these people, he would have been entrapped mm -hmm. because he would be going from his, like you said, from his own perception of things he already figured out what was going on he knew that they were trying to entrap him but if he had been just a normal person and he, he they would have said these things he would have said you know well you know this is this is you have to give to god and you have to give to caesar or whatever and he he would have gotten himself entrapped mm -hmm. so i think your idea of in your own situation in our situations of Asking a question for more clarity, not only of the person that you're in, is in front of you, that may that you may not see clearly mm -hmm. uh, the motives behind what they're doing or asking you to do, um, opens up the conversation. And instead of being on opposite sides, you're you're opening up 
and trying to understand. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think I, I go back to the St. Francis song or the St. Francis prayer, help me to understand rather than to be understood. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what the world needs a lot right now. <laughs> so uh, it would bring peace. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> that, that kind of gets to, I think this transitions well to my point because I, I have a, my, my point is actually maybe just a bunch of questions that I have about this middle section of the gospel. <laughs> um, and it, it, it is a kind of a jump off to that is like this whole kind of inner in between dialogue where the, the Pharisees and with, along with the Herodians, um, are asking Jesus this, this question and they frame it in such a specific way Herod is one of the primary beneficiaries of that tax that is being paid to the emperor because his salary is is paid with that tax that people are paying to the emperor. Again, the tax is like a form of oppression in this system, in this culture. Like the 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 Roman Empire is bankrolling its continued dominance of of the world uh, by by heavily taxing the people that it's occupying, right? And so it's easy, it's interesting how the Pharisees kind of approach Jesus here. They use the word truth a lot, and they say, teacher, we know that you are sincere. And that and that word actually in Greek is the same word as truth, which will come up in the, this next part. So it's, teacher, we know that you are truthful, you know, that you're telling the truth. And you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You teach the ways of God truthfully. And... And this part, this last part, show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Is actually, it's an interesting way of translating it because it's actually more directly like, we know that you don't care for one person over another because you don't, you don't judge people by their appearance. You don't um, think one person is better than the other based on what you can perceive of them externally and so there it's interesting that they set it up this way to ask him they they have these very specific little clauses for setting up this question to ask about giving money to caesar and i wonder if it's because they're saying you tell the truth and you we know that you will tell us the truth when you answer us and we also know that you don't think any one person is better than the other. You don't, we know that you don't think one person deserves more than another person. So do you think it's lawful then? You know, if you're going to tell us the truth about the law, do you think it's lawful for all these people to pay this one person money when all these other people don't have money? And so they're kind of pushing, they're kind of like prodding his buttons here trying to get him to say the thing they want him to say. And it's interesting that Jesus doesn't take the bait because you almost expect him to say, no, Caesar shouldn't get this money. It's not just like he's a, he's using it to destroy people and cause suffering. And uh, that's not what he says though. And I'm just, it's cool to think about how Jesus is conceptualizing of this answer of this, of this dialogue with the Pharisees and the leaders thinking like, I, I'm actually, what he's saying is like, let me make a distinction for you beyond just what you have t- 
told me it should be my answer, which is that everybody <laughs> should get the same, right? Every I don't I I you're right. I do see everybody as equal. I see the leper and the emperor as equal in God's eyes. And also, I am actually interested in people taking part in a different economy than the one that Caesar has told us we need to take part in. So that actually, yeah, you give Caesar all this money that Caesar printed himself. That all going to go back to him. It doesn't matter. It's just a it's all a game. It's all a game that Caesar is playing with you. So you can take part in that economy as much as you want. But I'm interested in a different one. And we are invited to something different than that. So go ahead, give back to the emperor whatever you want, whatever the emperor put in your pocket. Um, but I'm interested in, in living into a different kind of community and a different kind of reality. And so it's almost like an invitation to total departure from this system. You know, you play the, you, you, you give back to the emperor whatever you want, but God is asking for something different and we're invited to something different. Yeah. Well, I was just going to comment, David, that I, I love your, uh, segue. Thank you for the segue too, but also you know, the, the kingdom, the kingdom of God and how different the economy is there. What, what is the, the method of exchange there? And I think um, I'll, I'll get my point in, <laughs> I guess, with this part. The part that stuck out for me this week was, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. When Jesus said that, what I heard, which we talk about a lot when we um, say the confession in our services, uh, forgive me because I have not loved you with my whole heart and I have not loved my neighbor as myself. And what, what God wants, what we should give to God is our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole body, our whole strength our whole soul, not just a little bit of it, not a piece of it, and hold on to the rest for ourselves, but everything. And that's a big thing to do that. And, and we, we so are so on. That's probably why we say the confession every week, because it's very hard to do all the time. Mm -hmm. um, we, we are human, and we want to hold on to a little piece of ourselves just for ourselves, it's a it's a fearful thing to give everything to God. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a frightening thing to lay bare everything that we are, warts and all, to God. And so, for Jesus to say, "Give to God what is God's," because that's what that's how people behave in the kingdom. That's the economy of the king the kingdom, like you said, David. That's that's the, the currency that we have when we're in the kingdom, and the kingdom is here. It's, mm -hmm. It is here, and it was there when Jesus was uh, talking to these people. And uh, I often say the kingdom is as near as our breath. It's in a very, mm -hmm. it's right here, yeah. and we can choose to be in the kingdom or not. Mm. And that's what I think Jesus was saying. You can choose not to be in the kingdom 
and uh, but you can choose to be in the kingdom if you give everything to God mm-hmm. and lay your soul bare. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's, that's what that last part meant. Um, and of course, um, when Jesus talks about the two commandments to the rich man, uh, what are the two most important ones? And the two most important ones on which all the laws hang on is love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your body, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those two, if you keep those two laws, everything else will just fall right into line. And what a wonderful kingdom it is when we can do that. So that, I think, is three points. Um points uh today were uh number one uh was from charlotte and uh it was about um that very first part of the gospel about um entrapment and feeling entrapped and and when we are feeling kind of defensive in those ways of being questioned can we respond not in anger and frustration but with more questioning you know respond with openness like jesus seems to do in the gospel uh, the second one was mine. It was about this kind of wondering about this middle part of the gospel and just, you know, th- trying to think what what kind of nuance Jesus is trying to bring to this dialogue through that responding with question and with wondering and inviting people to a different kind of economy uh, in the kingdom of heaven. And that led to Pam's point, which was point number three. Um, giving to God what is God's and thinking about that as our whole selves, our whole uh, lives, um, our hearts, souls, minds, and and strengths, and that the currency of that kingdom is our love for one another. And what, what would it look like if we genuinely gave all of our love to everyone? Uh, and what kind of economy could we create? So, Having heard that discussion, heard those three points, we invite you to read this gospel again for proper 24, Matthew 22, 15 to 22. And uh, we would also love to hear from you, any points that you come up with, anything that jumps out to you from reading that gospel again. You can email us, faithtogo at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website, www.myfaithtogo.org. And you can also follow us or contact us through Instagram at faith to go and pam thank you again for being on the podcast this week mm-hmm. it was really fun i really enjoyed it thank you for inviting me you're welcome i we appreciate hope, that we hope you come back soon yeah. um and keep us updated on the school for ministry um and thank everybody you. else everybody can go check out uh the school for ministry on the edsd website the episcopal diocese of san diego website is that correct yes so go uh, check out the School for Ministry, those offerings every semester. There's new offerings that people can sign up for. And until next week, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.